You're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast, the home of Scottish football banter. Welcome to the latest episode of Scottish Football Forums podcast. We are at episode 22 in season 13. Uh, I'm John and tonight joined by Josh. How are you doing? Good evening, John, mate. How are you? I'm good, aye. Your voice is sounding better than it usually does after a, a home game or Scotland. Yeah, home games normally are the away trips that uh, that ruin it. Um, you know, I, I won off with the singing and all that I can manage, but it uh, wasn't away this time. But uh, certainly, wish I, certainly wish I'd went away to Georgia. By all accounts, uh, talking to folks, sounds like it was a great trip. But uh, it'll be a, an even better trip next summer that we'll come into. Yes. Um, Erin, how are you? I am very well, thank you. I've been enjoying the international break. Well, you uh, your birthday month. It, well, it has been my birthday month, and the international break has been a really nice, pleasant respite from our new football club. So it's been lovely. No one's ruined my weekend. It's been nice. Right, good, that's good to hear. Uh, we're also joined by Scott Johnson. How are you doing? All right, so thanks. Yeah, good, very good. Um, and as is tradition, if it's a throwback or it's Scotland, Chris, how are you? Aye, all right, aye. I don't get my full name because nobody can pronounce it. We're not talking about Poland anyway because that's crap. Anyway, it's nice, it's nice for uh, to be happy about Scotland because for the last 20 odd years we were getting, it was Ireland or Poland, my ancestral background I had to cling to. But no, Scotland just qualified the ball these days. Aye, exactly, aye. Um, and we're joined by guest who returns after a few appearances. Laurie, how are you? Good, thank you very much for having me on again. It's been an absolute pleasure to to kind of make some contributions to the podcast, and it's great to great to be back on. And as you say, it's great to be proud of our country. And I mean, and I'm I think I'm the only one amongst us wearing a wearing a Scotland top tonight. But the amount, the amount of these that you're seeing people wearing now with pride is is brilliant. Aye, my top's in the wash. I have got others, but no, I've not got my top ones right. And you probably are the only person here that will not remember um, Scotland being at 1998 World Cup. Is that right? Excuse, um, excuse me, John. No, you were born, no. Were you not? Oh, wait, no, but you not born. I was five year old. Aye, aye, aye that's <laughs> fine. Laurie, what year were you born? 2004. Aye, there we go. See? A youngster. Right, 2004. Yeah, well... Okay. old enough to be on a podcast. That, the 2004 was like 10 well, years ago, so that doesn't make any I, sense. I, I've well, got football strips older than you, by the way. I've got football strips just behind me that are older than you. That's crazy. I mean, if, if you want, I can make it even worse and call it nearly 2005. So I was born Boxing Day 04. There you go, whatever day of birth I've been open. I don't mind. There you go, Boxing Day 04. Right, so if you want to send a birthday card to Laurie... You know his birthday. Or if you want to hack into his online banking, there you go. And Laurie, you're probably lucky here because no one else is allowed a birthday apart from Erin on the podcast. Then. Is that right? That's true. You'd be allowed to have a birthday. I just, just not when I'm having mine. Right. Okay. Right. So let's start off the campaign, Group A. We got the group. What do we think? Remember, take us back to what we thought when the group was announced. 
I remember thinking it was great we were seeded or we were we were, were we part two in this group, if I remember rightly, and I thought, great, we should get a decent draw. And then the gives body Spain, the gives Norway, the gives our bogey team Georgia, the gives Cyprus are a bit of pain, and I remember thinking that's just just a body luck. We'll be lucky to go to this group. And well, yeah, again, shows what I know, didn't it? But I, I don't I remember not liking this draw at all. I always thought the draw was all right, as long as everything went our way, and I never thought it would go our way just the way, like from the very get go, for as long as it did. Um, that was the biggest surprise. I thought, uh, Norway and us would be fighting till the very end. I thought that this game, and to be honest, I, I thought this last night, I kind of looked back at that Oslo game, and it's like a sliding doors moment that uh, Haaland substitution for them. I think they must have been looking at that, looking back now, going. If we'd have kept him on, if we'd have managed to keep that victory, because if you, you give them those three points and take away three points off us, they'd be neck and neck. And he would have probably played last night. And our defence was just day. decimated. So it's. Uh, that was, but so the way we, we were in Oslo, the way that we beat Spain, it's just better than anything I could have expected. Uh, Laurie, what did you think when the draw was made? Like, like you've been saying, particularly yourself, Chris, it was, you know, it was tough to tough to actually comprehend how well we've done. When you first get the draw through, it all you get is the fear because, I mean, Spain, you think to yourself, well, no, wait in Spain. Norway, you think, Haaland, Odegaard, even someone like Christopher Aya or, or Moe Wienusi, you, know, you think someone will come back to bite us there. And, of course, Georgia, we just don't, do well there at all. I mean, one thing that I, I suppose, I'm old enough to remember is, is, is effectively being kicked out. I think, was it the, I, didn't, I can't remember if Euros or, or World Cup qualifying and like, I mean, I, uh, against Georgia under fracking. So even, even I can appreciate how Georgia are a bogey team. And you, and you think to yourself, we're not going to be comfortable. The, the best we can hope for is maybe scraping second. That was my thought when the, when the group was first drawn. But, we certainly didn't, uh, scrape, we didn't scrape it in the end. I've seen someone wearing that red strip. You, you see the odd sighting of it, that red strip? That was a nice strip. It's a nice strip. It's a lovely looking strip. It's just that bloody game ruined it forever. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I saw them as well. It goes bless, but it was probably, probably when you were up, mate. See me, John, I saw someone probably about roughly opposite me wearing that kind of, kind of, Maroon Burgundy, whatever you want to call it. Horrible. Yep. Uh, so, so I've just been checking, right? So we got Spain, who were a Nations League winner, so that meant we were always going to be in a group of five. We were the second last pot two team. We got Norway, who were the third team at a pot three. We got Georgia, who were top of pot four, and Cyprus, who were the third team in pot five. So we got about as tough a group as we could have got. Yeah. What were your thoughts, Josh? Was it just away trips? That's the good away trips here. Um, what are my thoughts on when the draw was made? Aye. Um, to be honest, when the draw was made, I mean, you know me, John. I've had absolute faith in in Steve Clark since he first came in. Um, and I, when the draw was made, I really felt pretty comfortable. Um, I thought Georgia away was a worry. Proved to be as well, you know. Um, although you know, I suppose you could say there was an element of. A, the squad was decimated, and and B, 
Um, you know, the, the we well, we'd already qualified, so the the two two over in Georgia um, was uh, was yeah, I mean, it was inconsequential in the end. Um, but yeah, I mean, when the, when the group was announced, I mean, I always look like you said there. I always look at it straight away through the lens of the away days. Um, you know, what's going to be the good away days of this group? You know, where do we want to go? Um, and then the next thing we do is look at um, look at the fixtures themselves in terms of you know you know what what's the run of fixtures? You know, what's our last home game? What's for last? What's for first home game? What's for away games? All that sort of thing, and we all probably picked out. No, I don't think there was anybody in their wildest dreams when they seen how early on we were playing Spain at home. Uh, would have thought, you know, that that it wouldn't go down to the wire. Um, and we and we all seen Norway at home in the last game. That's what it'll probably come down to. It'll probably come down to that. We've got enough to beat Norway at home, but you know, with the way that the fixtures were set up. It was all set up for a kind of final showdown and either, you know, heartbreak or, or ecstasy at Hamden. But as it happened, the final home game at Hamden was a great night, but a 3-3 great game, but somewhat... And, and that's probably where we'll come on to talk about the campaign as a whole. It was an odd feeling, you know, that last home game. 3-3. But, you know, we were watching it, we're, you know, we're, we're losing and... and you know, my mates are getting angry about how we are playing and all that, and I'm like, "Now you're up and not doing." You know, it didn't really matter to me. We had one last night because I felt even with, like when we scored, the goals weren't really kind of celebrated with any kind of vigor. It was kind of like, "Oh, I we've scored," because it was that feeling. Like I know folk are going saying about, "Oh, it's gonna be a party, it's gonna be a party," but I actually don't think we know when you're out to react because you're not used to like being at a game where we're like celebrating qualifying. I don't know. I don't know whether we just didn't know what to do or. Probably never helped that um, Norway scored so early and maybe put a, a wee bit of a damper in the party. Um, Aaron, what were your thoughts when the group was drawn? I thought it was quite tough because I kept seeing people saying, oh, don't worry about Norway because all they've got is Halland. They do have other players. Um, I would not have imagined when the draw happened that we would be in a situation where Halland was too scared to come to Hamden. That's quite funny. Um, and Spain, do I think we're going to be... No. Like, I, I thought we'd probably get out the group, potentially, but with difficulty. We pretty much cruised it. And I think if we'd had to beat Georgia, I would have pulled out the bag. Draw's fine. We have been very good. No major dramas, no major problems. Um we haven't actually conceded that many other than, I suppose, last night. And overall, good. I think it will be difficult to see who we're going to pick for the squad. We've conceded eight goals in this whole campaign and five of them have been this week. And scored... 17. 17. 17, yeah. That's good. Basically, we miss Grant Hanley. Uh, which we'll come on to again later on. However, right, first quiz question of the night. Buzzers can just be your names. That might be easiest or whatever, right? So we're going to go back to 25th of March. If you can see everyone, you can put your hand up. You could, but that might not be as good for the listeners. But we could try or whatever. Hand up, whatever, buzzer, whatever. Um, So 25th of March, the opening goal of the campaign was scored by John McGinn. How was the goal created? 
Oh, I don't know. I was getting a hot dog. But <laughs> <laughs> um, um, like, are you talking like a crosser? Like, is it a crosser, a pass, or something like that? I, um, I can't even remember. Was he at the corner flag? And you got off Google, Aaron. I can see your eyes looking somewhere else. If you're on Google. Um, I don't know how you can even it's a bit like the a bit like the McFadden one against Holland. He kind of he, he takes it from the corner flag, passes it to somebody else, and then cuts in with it. I haven't I haven't watched all the goals back yet. Give a clue. Um. Well, like, how how are how are how are goals generally created? They're usually created like maybe. A pass or a cross. Did he do a pass? Yeah. I'm lost for this question. I, I looked into him because he, he kind of tapped it in for about two inches. He was, he was down there in the wall line when he got it. He was the four out. I, I don't know. Which, I, could have came, I can't remember who crossed it. it. Yeah. Guess which player created it then? What that would do? Dykes. No. Robertson. Craig Levine. Yes. Was it up? Yes. Robertson. A deflected cross from Robertson. Right, okay. Understand now. This is that is the worst quiz question I've ever had in life. Why <laughs> no. are you fucking playing it? You I, don't I, remember I, the question. I, I, no. I was a bit confused by the question. How many inches was he away before I, he tapped in? That's precious. It's got to be one of the only quiz questions I've ever heard that's open ended. You know, I'm like, also a big fan of them. Like, don't Google it. It's not like an actual you, answer. Like you even <laughs> the, the quizmaster's actually leading you through the whole thing. Hold your hand. And then this happened. Like, don't Google it. What would you Google? You would Google the game and you would see. I would watch the whole. Okay, sorry. I'd Google the clip. I'd go onto YouTube and I'd watch the clip. Right. I would applaud you if you went on and found it. See if you go on the SFF podcast Twitter account, there's a whole thread of them because I've done them about. Ten times. Aye, exactly. Keep them coming, Magnus. <laughs> Plenty. Understand the concept of the question. Magnus is still okay. better and he's been dead for about 20 years. Right. Let, let's remember the Cyprus game then. Remember when McTominay started on the bench? Aye. No, right. I didn't remember I remember when I was happy about Scotland qualifying. It seems like a fucking age away now for these quiz questions. Carry on. That was the quiz question. That was just remember. That was just. Do you remember? Do you oh, remember? I don't remember. I don't remember. That game is probably the most Scottish thing. Just on that. Aye, because that game is probably the most Scottish thing. Because it took us a wee bit to get McGinn's goal in the first half. That kind of settled us a bit. But then, like, we never looked like we were going to concede. But you always have that feeling in the back of your head. We're only one 0 up. And it took me to about what, three minutes for the end to actually get his second. And then, well, I, I, I was Scotland second, his first, and then you get the second one a few minutes later as well. So it ended up being quite a, a convincing one, but it never felt convincing until we got there. So that's probably, that's, that's probably the most Scottish thing about this entire campaign. The travesty on that is that we only ever wore that strip for that game in the, the England game. That was the. Oh, what the million pound strip? Limited edition. Yeah. Limited edition. My ass. That's fucking all over the place. And you can get a Chinese version for five pound. <laughs> it looks just like it. So. That's for you. Uh, yours. Definitely, what I got mine. We pay seventy quid these days. Wait, do me? Well, hey, exactly seventy quid. So I pay ninety. 
I'm going to say it was a, was a, 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 a Rangers top nowadays, Josh. 90 quid. We're not talking about clubs, Aaron. Sorry. Get that out, right? We're not here to talk about that nonsense. Yeah, Josh, we're not here to talk about nonsense like Rangers. Um, that yes. annoyed me last night, by the way. Ryan Jack getting booed. Did he I never heard booze. Come on, there was a few. There was a few booze. Yeah, there was that from me when I was. Well, they're they're Celtic end. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. I mean, it's like I've never felt the need to boo anybody in Scotland. I don't understand why you paid money. If you want to boo a performance, fair enough. I can understand that in the last 20 years. But individual players, for whatever reason, who are there to represent their country, I just don't understand that. The only Never time have. I've ever, the only time I've ever, honestly, I've not, right, see this, you know, pattern about Ryan Jack getting booed, right? I'm not, I'm not saying it didn't happen. Obviously, it did. If, if, obviously, there were some people in your stand that, that did. I've never heard that. I sat in the North Stand, though. So, you know, the, and the North Stand tends to be kind of where the, I suppose, the kind of folk that would regularly, you know, go for years and years, you know, you know, the, you know, the kind of How did I get there? Quote, quote unquote tartan army types would, would sit, you know what I mean? So, um, but the, the, the thing about it is, you know, I've never heard of it, right? But inevitably, now that the games are full again, you know, 50,000. I remember the day after the Georgia game, I was going into work the next day. I was sitting on the train and there was two lads sitting across from me. The Georgia away game, the 3-3. There was two lads sitting across from me um, talking about Lyndon Dykes, right? The, I mean, I was, see if it wasn't so early in the morning, I wasn't so fucking tired. Actually, would I tell them, use have a fucking clue about anything, by the way. The, the amount of utter fucking shite they were talking about Lyndon Dykes to actually say that he was a bad footballer and he's been no use and, and all this push. I'm certainly like that. You actually don't have a fucking clue about it, mate. So I think these people that would be, you know, these very small, minute pockets of people um, that have been booing Ryan Jack will be people that don't have a fucking clue about anything. Um, and with a packed stadium again, you're inevitably going to attract, attract a, you know, a greater number of assholes. So, I wouldn't a... ever boo Ryan Jack playing for Scotland, but if he scored a goal, I wouldn't put hashtag once a dawn, always a dawn on it. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I think that that's totally understandable. I do put it with when Kenny McLean scores. And I'll put it when Lewis Ferguson scores in Germany. He's not allowed to score in Germany. He's not got a mic in his name. I mean, you slag Miguel for being a Celtic star, but I've said, as I said, you're the biggest Aberdeen star there is. What? Isn't that it? I wouldn't say once a dawn, always a dawn about Ryan Jack? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't boo him, though, and I would I would celebrate if he scored, just wouldn't pop that on a tweet. Laurie, what were your memories of the opening game? Well, but about everyone else, the opening game felt, considering who we're playing, I mean, in hindsight, a Cyprus team who, in the end, didn't pick up a point or whatever, it felt quite kind of uncomfortable or less comfortable than it should have been, obviously, getting the early goal, which was the ill-fated quiz question there. And then, of course, McTominay scoring two was was great. But the, the highlight of that game probably was that um, extortionate trip. You know, like, that game felt quite 
forgettable, to be honest. And we all thought, well, we've got to really step up against uh, Spain here. But boy, did we do that. It's funny, wow. actually, because we, we did... We had, we did a better job of sorting out Cyprus in the away game than we did in the home game, because that was an absolute piece of pass. Aye, absolutely. Like, you know, the, the, the Cyprus away game was what you kind of maybe somewhat arrogantly expected the the home game to be. Because hmm? it would be hell. I mean, what, what, were we not like three up within like half an hour in Cyprus? We were. Indeed. Yeah. And, and actually, f- fun enough, somebody were defending in that game j- before we'd even got the three goals. Was that you bit dodgy? But they never oh, been there. Yeah. I mean, could that game have been the biggest masterstroke by Steve Park yet? Yeah, leaving McTominay on the bench when we see what he did the rest of the campaign. They finished Aye. top scorer. Is it ahead of Haaland and well, Cassie else? And, and, and our group, he was, group, was a top scorer on our group. McTominay yeah, gets yeah. seven, that Haaland gets six. Despite all the goals that Spain got, they spread it around their team. Mm. So, yeah, just every time he, he probably needed, he probably deserved another one in that free kick with Spain as well. So I think McTominay probably has been the star of the, the team over this qualifying campaign. You know, that, that saying something considering how good McGinn's been and, you know, quite a few of the others in the midfield, especially. Uh, Angus Gunn coming into the squad, kind of seamlessly taking in the, the number one jersey. But McTominay was just, every time we needed him, he was, he was there. See how Josh was talking about Ryan Jack getting um, slagged and Lyndon Dykes. I heard folk behind me last night going, that McTominay, he's useless. What does he do? He's too hammered with it. But John, John, it just reinforces my point. You know, the the more people that you attract to the games, inevitably it's going to attract more wankers, you know, Um, and folk that actually really don't have a clue about football, right? Everybody's got an opinion, right? It's just that some opinions are wrong and some opinions are right. Now, me, my opinions are right. So the same way I am of the opinion that Darville FC is a money laundering scheme, um, I am of the opinion that Scott McTominay is a brilliant footballer, right? Now, that is the right opinion. <coughs> the Lions um, will be on. Remember the like, prior to the Spain game, there was a few of us that were. Yeah, that's actually a good point. Can we not get sued for defaming clubs, please, Josh? Remember, we were like confident we would get us out. Some of us. Yeah, it didn't. It didn't fully surprise anyone. I don't think beating Spain, and I don't know if it's just because of that's what we feel with Clark now that we we could get a performance of like that. But it was. Um, it, it was more a shock that we beat them so well, if you know what I mean. It, it was yeah. the, the 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 performance was so good against them, but to actually beat them, it wasn't that big a shock. I don't think. I, I remember too. after that game saying, "I don't think Angus Gunn actually had a save to make." I still don't because this was the start of Angus Gunn, and we didn't know if it was any good because Cyprus hadn't threatened them, and I didn't think Spain threatened them much either. The defence that night made sure Spain get nowhere near them. But you're right. I mean, the the overall performance across the pitch was fantastic for Scotland, and it was that that was the surprising part. Not that we'd been able to get a result. The fact we'd comprehensively beaten Spain, out thought and out thought. That was the key thing that night. And Laurie, I know you will have experienced Steve Clark a few times before yeah. Scotland, and you're a big fan, say to the least. 
yeah, that that's a bit of an understatement, John. And I was I was just about going to come in there and say that that Spain game, it kind of felt a bit like as a Kilmarnock fan, going going to watch Kilmarnock play the old firm, you went into those games like with with this quiet confidence. You were maybe like nervous in the days leading up to the game, but on the day of the game or as kickoff got closer, you kind of said to yourself, you know what? We might get a result here. And you know, lo and behold, we did, as of course happened, you know, against, against the old firm, you know, particularly at Rugby Park, when he was in charge of Kamarnock. So I wasn't overly surprised to to see Steve Clark be able to, to uh, you know, get the team to pull out a performance like that. But, but yeah, and the thing is, the people who are doubting, you know, Steve Clark and what he's done, I just I just can't quite get my head around it. Of course, as you know, Josh was just saying, everyone's entitled to an opinion, but like, who could actually be doing a better job in charge of our country at the moment? Please feel free to fire names at me, but I I can't think of a per- a single person who could do a, a better job than Steve or frankly Sir Steve, as much as he hates it at the moment. But let's hope we don't need to worry about it for a while. But the overriding memory of that game has to be hearing Tierney's runs. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, once he'd skipped, it was a Carver House challenge. Yeah. Um, the whole stadium just stood up, and it was just absolute bedlam once he found McTominay. So, um, and then Rodri's tears at the end was always was always fascinating, and um, just made it even more special because as Scottish fans we get that all the time even uh, our clubs in Europe when we produce a, a performance there's always this kind of oh well, you don't play nice football this that next thing as if you're meant to play like the way Spain plays it's, it's not going to happen that's that, that's that's not football football is just trying to get a result and we have to do certain things and to be honest as I said we played really well we, we actually kept the ball we Made those kind of runs that Keir Tierney made, and it was, it was lovely to watch. And then you hear, oh, but you did this, you did that. And you're like, fuck off. See, so when you say play like Spain, do you mean the falling down easily and try to corner effort a free kick? So that, that's exactly. They forget Spain were doing that night. Yeah, they they, for, they forget that that's actually what was happening. They were actually the ones play acting. I remember the Spain game while I was on holiday. And they're a surprise. You're on holiday every week. I don't know how how I don't know anyone else. That has as many long weekends as you have. You have more long weekends than I have hot dinners. I well, I did have Friday off. It was my birthday. I'm not having a long weekend this weekend, really. Might start to Friday. I'm with Finland on Wednesday. Today? Yeah, I've been working today. I'm with Finland on Wednesday, next week. Pardon? I'm good Finland next Wednesday. I should not be a long weekend. There we go, right? It's a very long weekend, a actually. Long weekend well accept yeah. that. You're not going to Finland. You're only 28. <laughs> Oh, that's the joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's a joke. That's, that's the title of the podcast done. Right. So we mentioned Angus Dunn, and international football was quite easy. We had quite a few emerging players in the squad. Aaron Hickey as well. Ryan Porteous. I mean, Ryan Porteous. Porteous really did yeah. kick on for the because he obviously came in for that. Ukraine, and I see Italy have uh, just emulated us by going to Ukraine and getting an old draw needed. Um. But I Porteous came in for that game and was a superb, and he has just kicked on for there. Um, and I think people have probably missed him. 
like in the Norway game there. Um, that's how much he's grown into that squad. Because beforehand, you were, you were questioning whether he had the mentality for this kind of thing, because he certainly didn't think he had the mentality when he was at Hibs. That move down south has done him the world of good. He's now... He's got a wee bit of shit house in he as well, though, hasn't he? Because was it that he, aye, he, he, he was the guy that was in the edge of the pitch and he was like trying to push him off? Aye. He's, he's Mesh, managing he's it a lot better than He is measured. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 so that's all right. But that's, that's what it is. It's one of those ones, if it's somebody for your team, you're going to appreciate it. But as Josh said, it's measured. He knows when to do it now and he can back it up with his defending. And as Chris said, that's because he made the move to Watford and he wasn't the big fish in the small pond. I think he, he, he took too much of Hibs on board for himself and he was obviously really passionate about it and some players just need that they need to take themselves out of a certain environment and then flourish somewhere else and he, he really has and he has surprised me and I, I give him great credit because he's probably been our best defender certainly in the central positions I think in this this campaign bit annoying though isn't it what's that well I wasn't his biggest fan and now he's actually really good and we've all got to think he's brilliant that's right. that's what that's what being a like, Scotland fan is a as opposed to being a club fan, you can light evolved. them off. Well, if he's evolved, joking me, that's the way I look at it. Because right. I'm the same, I didn't rate him at all. I thought it was complete liability, especially in the big I game. thought, pantomime villain, doesn't actually want to play football, wants to roll about being a nightmare, more trouble than he's worth, can't be bothered with it. But no, fair play. It's been very good. Ron, though, isn't it? It's been very good. Right. He so hasn't been in my top five of the campaign. Oh, we might come on to a top five later and we'll see if we got a top five or a top three or whatever, right? But moving on to Oslo, where the biggest shock was that Josh lost his top. That's not a shock. That, that was not a shock. How many tops do you buy in preparation for the fact you'll lose? Can't hide money, eh? The, big, the biggest shock was that I got the top back. <laughs> I know, I heard some lad, did he message you and say, I found your top, I'll give some... you it. Somebody, somebody, somebody picked it up in Oslo, brought it back from Oslo, washed it in their washing machine, and gave me it the next week when they came for the home game. Uh, who all was it? Fold- we had Georgia, all folded up, all nice. Yeah, uh, yep. They came run. They came run my house. Uh, a wee nice woman, uh, Diane, and her man came run and gave me my tap back. I was over the moon. Did you get some reward? My thanks was enough. Okay. You remind, there's a good story um, I don't know if I've told this before that I thought was a myth uh, going down Glasgow Sheriff Court like everyone's heard it I thought well, that just one of those stories that starts and it's like something never happened but actually uh, one of the clerks was there told me about it and um, the yeah, so I think I think it's an assault but basically the um, guy says he says well what were you doing at the property at that time he says I went there for a tap and the sheriff says tap and the other barrister thinking he's been says I think he means a loan of money, my lord. And that's, he said, a, that's, no, a, that's a video. I went for a tap, a Celtic tap. That's a video. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure I've seen a video of that. I might have it's, it's a good one. A classic comedy sketch, doesn't it? A Celtic it's tap. A it could be so many different things. Um, with that, right? Yeah. But the game itself. Did you have a good time, Josh? Do you remember that game well? Uh, most of it. Um, I, I, I saw it Santa. I, do you know, I ended up actually, um, all joking aside, I ended up in a really bad way after that trip uh, because 
Um, we came back, we flew back really early the next morning. I think I actually did get like kind of heat stroke or something. Oh, um, yeah, probably. Maybe something you ate, eh? Probably, yeah. No, 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 no. Honestly, like, I was hungover. Like, this wasn't like a normal hangover. Like, I was pure lightheaded and dizzy for like the full next day and all that. And like, I was, like, I kept having to cool, you know, deal with the cool. I was in a bad way. Like, mm-hmm. anyway, but, um, well, no, I mean, look, we were in there for ages and it was fucking 32 degrees and it was, the sun was baking down, there was no water, you know, it was bad. Um, Did you not pop the toilets for a wee drink out of there now? No, no, I was, uh, oh, no. I was okay. I was okay. Josh, you should have kept your top on. Need to be alright, probably. Because we're also I, I don't know. We are seeing you. I mean, yeah. that trip, we seen you with Stephen Thompson playing. No, oh, yeah, that was ha- good. Half off. We seen you at the game, half off. You were, I remember you've been absolutely raging in the WhatsApp chat with how bad Scotland were because we were well, actually pretty atrocious up till that last five minutes. Oh, okay. I mean, first half we were poor. Yeah, we were, first half we were poor. Um, we, we were poor in that first half. Um, but I mean, the, the thing was, I mean, how do you quantify poor? Because Norway away was a really tough game in which Haaland was playing and Odegaard. Um, so, you know, it, it, that was always going to be one of, that was the kind of, that was the game of the group that we picked to. Look, if we can get a result there, you know, this group could potentially be ours, you know, if, Given you know the results we expect to go our way, um, go our way. Obviously, Spain at home we talked about, but but Norway away was the one that we picked out initially, um, as as one of the big ones. Um, um I suppose we'll come back. Uh, I'm guessing later on to talk about the campaign as a whole. Um, but you know, Norway away is it, it speaks volumes that Norway away right now is is getting talked about as. You know the the best. You know one of those moments that that will live, you know, forever with you if you're a fan. You know, you no know, one of those kind of moments that you're able to kind of look back forty years, thirty years from now, and just think, wow, I cannot believe I was at that game, and and actually seen that happen. Um, it was just out of this world, man. Um, the place, the the place, just was gone. Absolutely. Tonto, it was just amazing in the Oliveau. Um, what a trip and and what a result! But emblematic of the team, you know, did not stop, never gave up. You know, what was it 89 91 or was it 87 89? 87 89. 104 you know, seconds between the two goals, exactly. And 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 you know, who pops up with a winner, you know, often revered again. Folk that don't have a fucking clue about football, you know, always review, oh, Kenny McLean, what we bringing him on for? Pops up on his fucking weaker foot. And but let's go back to whether or not we play good football. We've scored some fucking beautiful goals in this campaign, and this was one of them, you know. Yep. We've, we've no, we don't play ugly football. We play good football. It's maybe no tiki taka, but it's, you know, we play great football. And, and yeah. It was just an incredible result, an incredible game. McLean gets all the credit for that goal, but actually McLean, after even after that goal, to make sure we kept the two one was fantastic. He was pretty much a one man defence at times. Brilliant. Fair to say, though, our group we all like Kenny McLean, but we will probably all put our hands up 
in the group chat when he came on, we were all like, oh, why did he not bring on Lewis Ferguson instead? But Jenny McLean did the damage. I'm and pretty sure I said, what's it done? What's it done? No, you would have still wanted Ferguson ahead of McLean. I'd have I, had I both on, actually. We were all talking about it and we were saying, oh, like, we like McLean, but surely it's Ferguson's time. Surely... And then he pops up with a goal. And then that game, folk that are like questioning London Dykes, scores a goal, sets up the goal well. What are the nicest cushion passes I've ever seen? Beautiful. Very jealous that you were there, Josh. Very jealous. We we were I think we were slightly hard done by in that game with the ref. I don't think he was particularly strong. The penalty that Norway got. Penalty, oh dear. Not a chance was that a penalty. How was legs gave me? He went down and won that. Now, I will caveat that with he should have got a penalty a wee bit earlier with Jack Hendry, took him out of the edge of the box and got away with it. So that probably balanced itself out. But there was other decisions in there. Because I remember when we equalised, it was just get it right up your F rather than get it up right up your Norway. Um, but I, it was, but that's, it's funny that in a, in a group where we beat Spain 2-0 and done so well, it's not even the best game we played. That's that's the best moment, is that Kenny McLean goal. Because the whole country must have leapt up at that point, apart from those who were lucky enough to be in. Also, of course. Are you ready for the next quiz question? No. Who yes. made their debut off the bench for Scotland in that game? Who what, sorry? Who made their debut for Scotland off the bench in that game? Hmm. Oh, um English defender eh, well Scottish defender, English eh, born. Um oh he's got a what? funny name. Come on, Josh. Funny centre back, isn't he? Um Dominic Hyam. Yes. yes, it is. Well done, Josh. I don't remember him coming on. Yeah. I don't remember him coming on either. Stoppage time for John McGinn. Aye, right at the death. So what, like four seconds? No <laughs> counts. Yeah, I'll, I'll take four seconds, whatever, for a Scotland cap, nothing else, uh, before anyone says it. <laughs> um, it's a family show. Right, so Norway game, nothing can beat that, can it, for like absolutely bizarre happenings. <laughs> Step up, Georgia. Oh, God. Famous last words for me in the box, I think, what was it, about half past four? Yeah, I'm no need a jacket, I've checked the weather, it's no good to rain. I had well, one. How did that turn out? I had one, and I actually wish I hadn't bothered, because I was try- sat at Hampton, squeezing it out. Like and it was and it was honestly horrific. Oh, poor, poor choice of words there, baby. <laughs> um also I heard all the men were like going off and drying themselves and like the bathrooms and stuff, all getting undressed and like drying their tops and things. Is that true? So when I was, the you've all seen the picture of the guy having the shower outside hand and stuff or mm-hmm. like under the It was genuinely the worst drain I've seen in this like Yeah. Like I've seen rain like that abroad and been like, oh my god, it's like a tropical monsoon where it'll like chuck it down and it is mental. That was absolutely mad. I, I must have got an early enough that I just about avoided that because I was because of where the, the, the stadium. I would come past and I could hear Miguel playing and the, aye, aye, the yeah. fans mm. on, but and I was going to stop listening, but it started raining, so it's like that nah, so going to the stadium. What a good choice that was. I literally stepped into the stadium and it just poured down, and you just right. you just watched it just continuously. I thought that game was dead. I didn't think they were ever going to come back out. 
uh, and then there was just holes within the the roof at Hamden everywhere. Just it just couldn't contain the water, and then obviously leaf blowers and Janny brushes and all sorts were getting brought out to try and get rid of it. Oh, the, leaf, the, leaf, the, the leaf, the leaf blower man, the leaf blower. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll 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 talk about that. By the way, about the whole campaign, I've got a few things doing about the whole campaign, but. And um, I see that night just thinking there, it must have been all right, it must have been quite cosy up in the disabled section, supporter section. Uh, I, I was about to say, actually, I was I was quite fortunate because I, I mean, I, I got in before it, before the rain got kind of biblical, oh, albeit it was maybe a wee bit less cosy. If I, if I remember rightly, that was the night where the lift was broken, so me and my dad had to go up via one of the ramps that they obviously use for like fire evacuation. So obviously the rain is gonna settle down by oh Christ, probably at the back of eleven when we eventually left. But um, but uh, it was it was quite cozy. I ain't, ain't, ain't gonna lie, and I'm enjoying. I'm gonna I'm going to nick your description to me last night of the section for for the listeners. The view is, and I think George is spot on here, is apparently like watching a game of FIFA, and I think and I think he's right there. At, at, Good view, plus let's face it, if it rains like that, you're bone dry and you can kind of get away with the jacket. So, yeah, the answer. <laughs> you remember, though, when all the rain was happening and all the whispers that the game was going to get moved to St Mirren the next day yeah. if they get abandoned? I mean, if it did get moved to St Mirren, I feel like I remember you and I actually discussing this at the time. If it did get moved to St Mirren, would would fans get in? Would some fans get in anyway, or would it be like behind closed doors? You know, I thought we'd go behind closed doors, behind and it was going to be uh, like it's all o'clock anyway. I remember when that started, and they said that was happening, and everyone was like, "Oh, this is the like most ridiculous rumor I've ever heard." Like, who started this? But no truth. Yeah, um, it must be the biggest gap between two goals ever in an international game, surely for Scotland at least. Ooh. Chris, I'll double-check that stat. Uh, you know, I've been meaning to look this up for days to find out exactly I'll... how long it was between Carl McGregor scoring in the sixth minute and McCormany's goal about two to three hours later. The only thing I didn't know is whether... I remember a game at a tournament and it got a ban, but I can't remember if it started and then got played the next day. But I don't think it did. Was it the World Cup in France? There was obviously the game with, uh, with Denmark and Finland at Euro 2020, which they obviously yeah. stopped because of the the health yeah. issues. Was, that finished the next day. Was was there there one, was I don't there think there was a goal. The Euros, was there the Euros as well? Was it like during the one in Ukraine and Poland? And it was absolutely Aye. pissing down. And there, there was I like, don't think it was it a start game. I don't know if it's. Yeah, it I don't think it did. I don't think it did. I think it just kind of moved to the next day. I've got I've got a memory of them being out for the warm up, and then I you better come in. It's raining a wee bit. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you're right. Are we are we looking at a are we looking at a European or a world record or something then? Well, I mean, it's probably not a world record. There's probably some club in South America or something with a ridiculous statistic, but I certainly don't remember anything like it. You would think that kind of thing would go viral, like surely. Um, the game itself. I mean, remember McGregor's goal basically trundled in because it got stuck in the water a bit. The pass that kind of worked out for his. And then I still think the DJ missed a trick by no playing the hokey pokey because the teams were in and out more than, well, you know what I mean. Um, yes. Laurie, I'm surprised you even know what a hokey pokey is at your age, but you do. That's what you <laughs> smiled. 
think you're wrong. It's wild. Yeah, but I was I was going to actually say before you, before you even mentioned DJs, and we're not talking about the brilliant song choices and all that. However, they so probably have a good idea of what the of how long it was between those two goals, because how how much uh, how much music did uh, Keith Easton have to put in to like fill the fill the gap? Prob- it's probably a good ninety minutes worth. And then yes. Medina's goal was what the sixth seventh minute. Yeah. So he talked about it in the podcast last week about how uh-huh. because it was broken up so many times, you thought we were going to restart. It just had to keep doing it. I, I mean, I could. I think it's, I could have said this by question to the last week for the pod. It, you you can only fill for so long. I mean, I totally get. I'm doing a wee bit of uh, of radio. You can, only, you can only put in so many songs for so long. You're like. Before you start repeating, or the fact, I think they even mentioned they don't want to play Lock Woman, or you don't want to play this, that, or the next thing. You've just got to keep the fans kind of up for it, which they did a brilliant job of on that night because very few people actually lost their patience. We all, we were all relatively cool. I felt, and yeah. considering, considering what was going on, and considering how many times uh, Graham had the button and say, it will be 20 minutes and then 25 minutes pass. Then he comes in again and, and says, oh, another 20 minutes. And people actually managed to cope with that. I think yeah, I, I, talk I, about re- repeating songs and stuff. Was it Freed from Desire three times last night, Josh? Did you enjoy all three? No, no, oh, uh, it, it was good. It was good. Um, you know, it was obviously it was, the, it was party time at full time last night. Um, so, you know, they get the lights going and the whole crowd stayed and all that. So, uh, the DJ, uh, Mr. Easton, he uh, thought, you know what? I'm going to branch out here and go for something extra special. So, he went with um, Yes, Sir, I Can Boogie. And free from desire, uh, it was fucking telling. The most engaging song with uh, that whole section after the thing was "K Sarah Sarah." You know what I mean? Look, it was a great party, but what the hell, man? You not like those songs, Josh? What's wrong with "Free from Desire"? I li- look well for a start. Let's let's talk "Free from Desire." It was a song that emerged from Euro 2016. We're nearly a decade on from that now. Mm-hmm. You just no. talked about Kesarasarabidik. That was what's going on. No, but no, I'm but... modern, obviously, it's Josh. Right, but there's something poetically see, see, beautiful about singing that. See, back then they were all playing like Seven Nation Army, and that's died out. So this is just a fad and all. The free for desire will die out at some point. Something else will play. I hope so. Oh, honestly, let's. Well, if it's going to die, let's fucking bury it already. What do you hate well, more, um... Freed from Desire or Darvel? No, no. Oh, his brain, his brain's that, gone. Is different spheres. Or 500 miles that you just like more? Because that's the big one. Oh, you no, 500, 500 miles. 500 miles. 500 miles. Hate 500 miles. Hate it. Do you? Oh, hate it. What do you, what do you actually like? Can be fucking arsed to it, man. I like rocking all over the world. That's class. For fuck's sake. I, I will, get, I will give you a list. Rocking all over the world. world. You're talking about Aye. bloody that June being in 2016, rocking all over those fucking the 80s. No, 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 no. It's not a song Disney have to be. It doesn't have. It's not about. It's right. But I just say, it was the only, the only person that put years into it was you, Josh. So you're now going to come back right, and right, say fine. it doesn't but, have what, to be about the time when you were the one that said it. Nobody right. else. Aye. What we're saying, what we're what? saying then, what we're saying is how many, how overused it is, and how overplayed it is. We're free from desire at the end of every Scotland game for about fucking five years now, man. 
but everyone that's you know, I don't, I, I remember one he put it on after we'd lost or whatever it was. I think it was Ukraine or something. He put free from desire on. What was your uh, here, then, Josh? What right? You're in charge. What's your tune when the game's over? Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? I'd mix it up, right? I'd I'd get the vibes. I'm like Tiesto. I'd be I'd be like the Tiesto of international football, right? Oh, I'd I'd get the vibes. I'd get the vibes oh, of the crowd Jesus. that night. You know what I mean? I'd I'd feel it. I'd be able to read read the stadium. <laughs> I would. I'd be able to read the stadium. Like, get what, me on the. What would it be last night? Last night, all in Norway. We're having a party. Go. Um. God. You're yeah. going to feel it on the night. Can you feel it on the night later? What are you talking about? No, I'll need, I'll need, I'll, well, I'd need. Well, hopefully like 90 minutes. Do you feel like you're asking me to date in fucking 96? <laughs> no, you've had 24 uh, hours. He's, <laughs> he's always moaning about freedom desire every day. I hate it, man. Hate it. We need freedom uh, your desire right. of hating the tune. Do you know what? Do you know what I'd, I'd have went with, actually? Mm-hmm. PG Charletta stroke GBX from Glasgow to Berlin. Well, we had that. Well, there, but you can't play the same song over and over. That was on pre-match. We are done. I was sending to that. We're going to have to. That was good. And to be fair, in fairness to uh, to PG Carletta there, if I, unless I totally misheard what was going over to PA, I could probably check Keith Eason's blog for this. I think that was put on in place of Caledonia, and then I'm going absolutely crazy. Would that that be right enough? See, I'm quite a traditionalist, I'll be honest with you, right? I like a bit of Caledonia and Lot Lowen back to back. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily be at half time, but they too need to be played back to back. But I do like them at half time. I think they get the crowd going. Most folk know the words as well. Yeah. Josh, will you allow yes or I can boogie? Yeah, yes, right. And and here's why. With Andy Constantine. Yes. Well, oh, yeah, well, right. I, but yes, I can boogie is actually like an organic Scotland song. Obviously, it's a fucking eighties disco song, right? But that's an organic song that we, as a supporters base, have have came up with and have began singing. This fucking free from desire song, right? It was great initially, but let's not forget that it fucking started with I don't know Bromley yeah. FC or Dunkley Northern FC. Isles, is it not? Well, 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 Wigan, Wigan, right, yeah, okay. Wigan. Right. Um Wigan Wigan sure uh, and, and created it and all that, right? Fine. No, every every fucking football club and in, in international team of the world world uses it and has done for about eight years. Let's change it up a bit. You know what I mean? Let's let's go. I, I think yes, sir, I can boogie. We're getting a bit of fatigue with that, I know. I mean it still has its place, but there is a, a you know Tiesto here would would would've there we go. Oh, yeah, exactly. Well, that was, that was, that was, that was, that was not sun last night, and that is tremendous. The, the, the less we hear of that, the better. Do you know, so, see, see the best thing about the music? Oh, well, 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 why does it always rain me was good? Because that was funny. Right? Ah, yeah, but actually, actually, the best thing for that long delay at Georgia was when we finally got to hear I Have a Dream, or We Have a Dream. The ah, best local cup song. That, night, so that play the hand was brilliant. Um, and 
maybe in two months' time, or maybe by, by, by March, maybe Jaws will have a tune for the next do, game. Do you know something? No, do you know something, Chris? That's a great shout. See, after full time last night, we have a dream would have been fucking brilliant. Right. Just, you know. yeah, so, so Chris is the S. The players are walking around with the t shirts on. Right, we have a dream that would be perfect. More you know, like... questions for you, Laurie, because you're a DJ, right? Okay. You do your show on a Sunday. You can plug it, plug it just now, quickly. Okay, I'll, I'll give it a quick plug, so no pressure here. So I'm on every Sunday from 3 to 5 on HBSA Hostel Radio. You don't need to be in the hostel to listen. You may please to know. So hbsaradio.com forward slash live, or you can use your favourite radio app or smart speaker. I'm not going to set anyone's off, but no. be sure to tune in if you can. What pressure do you have playing tunes? Josh is going to send you a request probably uh, to get a tune played. Do you do requests, Laurie? Can I can I ask for a feed from Desire, please? Uh, for my friend I'll, Josh in tribute. I'll double check we we have it on the system, but if so, yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. To my friend Josh with it, please. <laughs> I'm sure all, all the all the folk in their hospital beds sitting on life support will be like that sitting, you know, free from Desire. <laughs> <laughs> But do, do you get a bit of pressure, Laurie, with tunes getting picked? Or have you get like, free reign plenty on? Um, it, it, it's pretty much free reign. Obviously, sometimes you've got to kind of just be a little bit careful. But I do have I do have free reign with, uh, with what I can play. I, I have had a couple of times. I managed to avoid it yesterday, but a couple of times I've actually played after someone asked for it. Uh, is it When Scotland Called? You know, from uh, Bra, which was one of these... Uh, but that wasn't it wasn't the Euro twenty twenty one, was it? That was that was one for the World Cup, which was the qualify for, but it's a good zone nonetheless. Um okay. but I'll pretty much free reign. I take it you wouldn't be allowed fuck forever by baby shambles. Well, I don't I, I don't think so, no. I mean and it, it obviously as long as, as long as it doesn't as long as it's not overly offensive, it tends to be allowed. However, one of these ones you've got something to aim beside the caution and then I, I would get away from I, I would get away with free from desire but as but as Josh said himself it does give you visions of certain things. Are you okay? Um right, we'll move on to Cyprus. Eighth of September and the third quiz quiz question of the night. Who scored their debut goal for Scotland that night? Ryan Porteous. <laughs> Fucking hell Josh is on a roll. Yeah. Wasn't actually that, that hard. Well, you were slow off the block. Josh I was, was giving, I was letting Josh have a moment. Aye, aye, right. So that game, straightforward as Laurie suggested earlier, up three 0 after half an hour. Anything else you want to mention about that game? Any memories? Anything that stands out? It's pretty routine, wasn't it? I think it was just more the substitutes. I mean, I think the one thing that I've got against Clark, and people, people will rage on going, oh, you know. He's, he's the manager is giving us this, that, and the next thing. It doesn't mean you can't complain about things. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't mean, I mean, he's got the right to choose. That's the, the end up. But some of his substitutions, when the timing of his substitutions and who he brings on does get a bit frustrating at times. Um, and I, I kind of crystallised there and a wee bit again last night. There's, you know, we were strolling against Cyprus away and Lewis Ferguson, I don't think he came on at all. No, you know what? And it's things like that that, you know, I kind of then think, well, you know, I, I would prefer to see somebody getting a few more minutes rather than 
again, let's say Kenny McLean coming on or whatever, who we, we know what he can do. And on the big games when we needed him, he was there against Norway. So it's, it's, listen, if I'm going to criticise the manager for that, then that's brilliant because other Scotland managers have had a lot worse criticism than that. It's not, it's, it's not the end of the world. And as I say, he's free to choose whoever he wants to choose. But that 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 kind of that game, that was the only frustration I had that whole game was that we uh, didn't. I have the same criticism about uh, Clark. It does, it does annoy me with substitutions at some point. I will say, I thought he got a sub spot on last night against Norway. I think that he was making the subs at the right time and it was the right people that were uh, coming off and well, coming on. The only, the only one that I kind of so the, the, no, there was two that I would have preferred. I would have preferred last night, uh, Josh Doy coming on. Uh, I thought Taylor was caught every single. It was, I don't think it's by chance that they came down or. Uh, I, I'm going to defend Taylor here, right? Because it's not, it wasn't just him. It wasn't well, just no, him, but, no, it, but I, I think Norway identified that as a problem. I think they, they decided that going down their left, their right. Was a, was something they could exploit, and they did it really well. And I don't think the problem was Greg Taylor because there was a number of times he got double teamed last night. Yeah, because Stuart Armstrong wasn't tracking back. So when I say the subs were right, Stuart Armstrong went off, Christie came on, and suddenly Greg Taylor wasn't being double teamed anymore. Now it's unfortunate that, that Christie then made that stupid error uh, slider in for their third goal because that all thought it was was costly. But apart from that individual error, they stopped being able to uh, come, uh, double up. And I think that made a big difference. And that's exactly what I'm saying about he identified a problem that needed changed and made the change that was needed. So. Every player in that squad, he knows Taylor better than anybody, out of anybody, you know, because he worked with him in Kilmarnock before Scotland. So I, I think, you know, I would pro- especially bringing him out the under-21s, I think giving Doig a bit more time uh, last night would have been nice. And uh, Shanklin instead of Dykes, for the exact same reason. We know what Dykes could do. I appreciate Dykes for what he could do. Um, and I, I know there's a huge. I, I can. I, I totally agree with Brown starting ahead of Shanklin just because of the amount of times he's been in the squad. Uh, I don't think he, he he did enough to kind of really show himself off. But I've always said about international strikers, it's a hard thing to get right. You know, you, you've got to give them minutes before they can understand the full concept of international football. But I think Shanklin, given him and the 15 minutes or the 10 minutes rather than the two or three minutes at the end would have been better just to kind of see again what Shanklin can do. I think Shanklin earned his place in that team on Sunday, having given what he did on Thursday to get that equaliser. He should have, he probably should have got the shout on against Norway. Now, I'm not going to criticise but uh, Clark for trying to give uh, Jacob Brown that chance. Um, what I might criticise though is I don't think Jacob Brown's really had suited for that role. He, he, he never really covered himself in glory last night. I will say the guys behind me were saying he maybe plays better on the two up front. I don't know because I've never really seen Jacob Brown other than for playing for Scotland. So the, possibly maybe the one the one that we don't play wingers. I'd like to see him play wide and maybe Shankman came on come on for I don't know say Armstrong last night and then Brown went wide. That might what? have been a good thing because he plays sometimes there for Stoke back in the day. Now he's at Luton, obviously. Um, in the top flight, but he's not a goal scorer. Well, the one thing that I noticed, goal scorer, the one thing I noticed, John, this probably alludes to what you're saying about him probably being better at Wade. He didn't know, he wasn't intelligent enough as a centre forward with his runs. He was running like in front of defenders, like into defenders and things, rather than trying to look for space or even standing still at points. He was, he was, he was just 
a wee bit too busy, but in that kind of way, not hiding. That's 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 harsh, but almost as if he just didn't know where to run. And you know, that's why. For me, I don't think he's a centre forward. Certainly not by himself. It, it, it didn't look. I don't think he was strong enough last night. He was he was too easily kind of muscled off the ball. And you didn't see as soon as Dykes came on, it made a hell of a difference up front as well because you couldn't muscle him off the ball. Uh, and he was chasing down all sorts, causing problems. So you could see the difference there. And that's, that probably backs up what Josh was saying earlier about the folk who don't know what they're talking about. Dykes proved yeah. exactly what he's worth. So we reflect um, loosely on the game in Spain. McDominay's disallowed goal. Don't think it would have made too much stuff. I think Spain were much better than right, but you never know. No, I think if, we, if that goal stands, we win that game one 0 in that game. I, I, agree. I, I agree. Yeah, because I think the way the game was, that sucked out. That would have sucked out all their momentum. They were struggling at that point, and that the fact that they get chopped off actually seemed to boost them after that. Any other thoughts for the game itself over there? Just the it's the referee with the. You know, gave a free kick against Robertson for absolutely getting clattered off the goalkeeper, and then what was the the disallowment? The, the disallowed goal for nobody really. It was offside, and then it was a foul on the keeper, or it was you know vice versa. And, you know, there was, you there was another one where John McGinn got absolutely battered off the ball as well, which reminded like, me of the, the penalty that Scotland women should have got and done in England, but that was the other either. So, but, but that's you mean it's like the. the the referee decisions in that game were just bizarre sometimes. I just couldn't understand it. It's, you know, you're protecting the keeper and you're not protecting. It's just crazy. I didn't like the referee in the Spain game. I, I, don't th- I was just going to say that. I don't think the referee uh, in the Spain game had a particularly great game um, mm. by refereeing standards. It's easy for us to say that because I think it was one of the worst out. games I've ever seen. Yeah. And I've seen a lot John Beaton. <laughs> in fairness, I actually said, um, and paid me to say it, but in so I said when we were in Europe, I said like, oh, it'll be really good. Um, sorry, I know we're not talking about clubs, but I said it'll be really good because actually we'll maybe see some decent quality refereeing. They've all been absolutely mental and terrible. I thought that, no. I, I thought, and I was, the, the referees... I was like, oh my god, I actually long for John Beaton. Imagine yeah, how good this would be if it was him. It was. <laughs> they're all mad. I, I mean, I've, I've watched. I've watched the Celtic games. I've watched the Aberdeen games. I've seen some of the decisions that Rangers have got against them as well. And the referees in Europe are honking. And especially the biggest problem is VR. VR is bizarrely not used at ridiculous times. I mean, there'll never be one that's any worse than that Aberdeen penalty you should have got when you were, yeah. was it, 2-1 up? The, McKen- the, the Jack McKenzie one, yeah. It should have, aye, it should have, that should have made it 3-1. He tried to worse. give a penalty, which was never in a month of Sundays at Penn. Thank God for a bar. Honestly, mad. That referee in Spain, though, mental. I've always thought that about referees. See, when you've watched like, club European games or international games, I've never been... Oh, you know the, the very few, you can probably name them, like Kalina and stuff like that, that you go, right, he... He works well, you know this that. Even then, I remember seeing him. His last one of his last games was against Everton. He was shocking there. I, I, I just think sometimes because we see referees week in week out, we think they're worse than. And then you see somebody from another country and they're just as bad. Um, right, you ready for another question? Yep. Yeah. Okay. No, never. Yeah. 
We spoke about Ryan Jack earlier. Oh, God, yeah. Ryan Jack make his only start against in the campaign. And Cyprus. Cyprus. First, the first, the home game. Bosch is in there. See, I mean, it's too easy tonight. This is a problem. Right, okay. Um, Georgia, Scotland, two all. Patchwork team. Um, what do we think overall? It's a difficult place to go. I think they said before the game they've only lost one in the last 10. Fire. And we go with like a makeshift side. We've got a draw. So is it that bad a result? We qualify. Hostile. Hostile. Folk, folk were getting, I mean, folk were getting all sorts chucked at them, cups and missiles and, you know, nothing, nothing like could damage you, I don't think, but, but like there was a lot of kind of hostility, particularly at the equaliser and at the 2-2 goal. Um, so not a, yeah, I mean, not a, not a good place in, in, in that sense. Um, apparently a lovely, um, you know, place to believe it, but um, I hostile for the players, you know, travelling out there. A couple of my mates were coming back 23 years, it took them to come back for the police. <laughs> um, so I, I, 2 2 was probably about, about fair. I would say I don't think we were particularly good in the first half the other night against Georgia. Again, a bit of character shown coming back from behind Aye. twice. I mean, Mike, I mean, Michael Stewart was talking about it on the commentary, but even before we got the, the second equaliser, that if we could even get that equaliser, it suddenly becomes it's it's good build, character building. It stops the rot and the three previous defeats. Now I know the three previous defeats were two friendlies and the the game in Spain, but and they were against like tier one opposition, you would say. But it, it was right. I mean that. Having that character to get that draw and end the rot in bloody Georgia because our two previous visits there have been defeats which had ruined European qualifying before. And I, I, that was one of the things I was glad about this this campaign was that we went to Georgia and we'd already qualified. Because <laughs> if we'd gone to Georgia and we hadn't qualified yet, given the injuries that we had, that would have been a lot more nervy. But I mean, we 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 got, we got the two each draw and it was it was it was good. So, uh, but I I think like. We can't afford to lose both Robertson and Tierney because it completely wipes out us defensively. Um, and and Gunn. And I mean, got, got, losing, I mean, like I said earlier in, in, in uh, this campaign, it was hard to know whether Gunn was a good, decent goalkeeper or not. He did prove himself in later games that he's a decent keeper. But it, it, losing that defence in front of any keeper makes it more difficult for them. So I think we do struggle on that. But I, I don't think... I like Xander Clark, but... Not as a goalkeeper. I think that's the thing. Is there's a big drop off at the moment when you've not got gun. Um, Gordon will be interesting to see if he gets that spot back at Hearts. Um, and um, I did. I, I, agree, I agree. If he goes, if he goes somewhere in January, I think that's probably what Clark will be pushing for as well. That McCrory can go somewhere. But that's the thing. It's a hard thing for a goalkeeper to go in January because if you go in January and you get into a team. That's jet. It's either because somebody's injured and you you're going to a settled team, which is all right, or more likely than not, somebody's had a really bad season and they've got a crap defence. You're still going to have to then get that. So you're you're going to struggle maybe with confidence, but he does need to he, he does need to go somewhere and get get game time. Something we'll go, come on in more detail, but see with Craig Gordon's experience, though, you think it would even matter if he didn't get games? See as long as he was getting like games, maybe where I don't know. Um, Hearts can he still play for Hearts B team? They allowed so many overage players, maybe. 
if he was still playing because of his experience, you would still probably take him on the plane, I think, which we'll come on to in more detail with the others, but I think you would. I think you take Craig Gordon regardless. Whether you take Craig Gordon as part of the 23 or you take Craig Gordon just to be part of the squad for his experience, you take him. Nah, I, I would be inclined to have him in the 23 if he's is, going is to come it, back as good a goalkeeper as he has been because that's the quick, big question. Is like He's just getting back to fitness. He's only just played for like a Hearts Reserve game in the last sort of few days. So he's still t- finishing that off. But he's going to be like 42 or something at the end of the year, I think. Is it, well, is is it 23? Time. Is it 26, Chris? The feeling at the moment is it's 23, but I think the big clubs will push for 26 again. They went to 26 for the last tournament because of COVID, when they were all trying to make, because like, obviously you were allowed to make honours or subs and stuff, which you still seem to be able to do. So I don't know whether that will affect the 23 or 26, but if it's 26, you definitely have them in the squad. I would have thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what? I think though the big clubs will push for it again. The 26 for all, like, all these games are getting played tr- and more injuries than ever. Uh, how how many um, how many squad spaces were there for teams that qualified for the World Cup in Qatar? If, if they were twenty three, I take it the, the Euros will be twenty three, or if they were bigger, I take it the Euros will be. It's a good shape, possibly. The question I can't. I didn't pay much attention to the World Cup because we were in it. But was, yeah. was it was it twenty three? I think it was more than twenty three. I'm just checking. Mind you, obviously, there's the this different governing bodies, isn't it? Euros is UEFA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. It's an interesting question, though. All right, good one. Um, do we think then folk have maybe played their way out of the team over the last two games, or not out of the team? Out the I, think, I think probably, um, like the guys touched on it, I, I think Brown's probably possibly played his way out. Um, I don't think he offered a lot the other night. Uh, Clark had a wee line in his interview after the game yesterday, and it was like. He described Jacob as, as a, you know, it wasn't exactly glowing terms. It said some, something to the effect of, you know, Jacob's a good lad. He, he runs about, but like he didn't say, he didn't offer much else about, you know, Brown's performance. So you think, you know, I, I mean, I've got nothing against Jacob Brown. He's looked good in flashes when he's come on. That was a look. You're asking him to go in and play the lone front man against Norway. It's a, it's a tough role, right? He's always got a you know a big job there, um, but I think you know <clears throat> if you're looking for down to twenty three, then you know that's when you need to make the difficult decisions. And Brown is definitely not going to be uh, not going to be one. Uh, if it's twenty six, you know, I mean, you're you're then looking at prioritising, right? You know, because cause, I mean, you think Brown, if you're thinking about Brown as a striker, then you've got Dykes, Adams, I'd say Shankland, Christie, he counts as one of the strikers. So there's four. Are you going to take a fifth, you know, over when when midfield's were strongest area of the pitch? You know? I think one of the things you need to remember is that we, although we've scored 17 goals in us across the eight games, there's only two of them have been scored by strikers. Uh, like, I think, I think, um, I think Doak's going to go. I think What's if that? he, I think Good Ben shit. Doak will go if he continues to get minutes at Liverpool. I think it will be, I think it will be just to have that live wire. I don't think he'll start him. I think while Clark has always been very loyal to a lot of his squads, see when it comes to the kind of picking of a, a tournament team, he had no hesitation putting Gilmore and Patterson in 
winning. That was a 26 man squad. That was the only. Well, the World Cup, as we've just checked, the World Cup was 26. So I don't know if I think the Euros, it might be the same. I, I wouldn't be surprised if it was 26. Right. Um, the squads seem to be quite large for all these qualifiers. Um, and I think what I think Doak's pace, and you know, I'm not going to compare him to to Michael Owen, but there is that kind of similarity I think where you can just let a young player at it and just no no inhibitions. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's 26. It wouldn't surprise me if he's stuck in just as a kind of wild card. He just think Michael... about the attacking options, strikers. Ross Stewart is back for. It's with Hampton, is that now? Yeah, Southampton, yeah. Um, he could be one that could end up forcing his way back in if he can stay fit. I'm interested to see what we do in March because there's going to be friendlies in March that we get to play. I'm interested to see if we try anything then and who's in form because I think that's one of the things. What, like, obviously, Shea Adams is likely to be in this squad, but he's not been in any good form lately. Is he injured at the moment? He's injured, right? Aye. But before that, he's, he's struggled for form as well. Now, hopefully. If he's going to be playing in the Euros, then he's going to find that far before then. Ideally, he's going to get a move somewhere else. Nice that you bring up Shea Adams, because Shea Adams is the subject of my next question. How many starts did Shea Adams make in the campaign? Well, how many many games do we have? Eight games? Eight games. So, He's obviously known the squad for the last two, so... I've gone two. I'll say three. I said two. Aaron is correct. Um, he only made two starts and one sub appearance. Only three games. Wow! Which I was quite surprised at. I was looking All through. Right, that's the point. I was preparing my questions and I looked through. Um, so he started Cyprus at home, Cyprus away, and he came off the bench. In. Spain. Spain. So, there you go. Um, on the other subject of strikers, who did Kevin Nesbitt make his only appearance against? <laughs> Scotland. In this campaign. Oh, this campaign. In the campaign. Oof, I don't know. Um... You get Cyprus. Like, I want to take chance. Cyprus away. What was Josie's answer? Cyprus. Cyprus. No. Uh, well, somebody say there's only three other teams. Did, did he come on <laughs> against Georgia? Georgia at home. That's what I was going to think. Aye, it was. He came on against Georgia at home. Right, so that was after I went home. My nine year old was making it to 20 past 11 or whatever it was, that penalty over the bar. Um, so I strikers is a bit up in the air. We think on the plane, assuming everyone's fit, Adams, Dykes, this day for counting as a striker. You're thinking Ben Doak, Scott, Laurie, any opinion? Tell of who will be on the plane. And you're thinking of Ben Doak, that's a really good shout, but with a couple of other curveballs that could obviously kind of come between now and June, obviously, there's a few, well, Shall we say English players who are thinking of switching their allegiance? The likes of, you know, Anthony Gordon, Harvey Barnes, Tino Livermento. How would how would we feel if some of these guys were to 
want to join the Scotland ranks. You could argue we need some of them and we don't need others, but I think that's another interesting point. Well, Benzo probably does deserve a place. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. As long as it's not an Elliot Anderson case, whereby you do think he's not, he's not going to come back to us, and he would rather play, didn't he? Now, I think. Yeah, I'd I'd, I'd, I'd rather he didn't either. But if yeah, if these guys are sorry, if these guys are serious about playing for Scotland, I'd I'd happily welcome them into the setup. Although with the likes of Gordon or Barnes, we'd run into the we don't play wingers problem again. I I think I think Gordon can play as a kind of floating ten. Uh, the Anderson thing doesn't bother me as much. No, I, I I I don't think he will come back. I think he 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 kind of joined the squad, just decided he wasn't feeling it. He wasn't Scottish. But Stuart McCall did the exact same thing in with England, and you know he decided that he was it was the wrong place. He actually would be in the Scotland squad, and you wouldn't meet a more passionate Scottish footballer. Um, so if if Anderson just didn't feel it, then that's fine. I've got I've got no issues. I would, I'd rather him saying it in his first kind of call up, but going, do you know what? It's not for me. Rather than playing and then telling me twenty years later it was the biggest mistake of his life. So uh, I've got no issues. Uh, if 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 Harvey Barnes or anybody else is fully committed, they want to join the squad, then we can do with these. To be honest, the last couple of games kind of show that we still don't have a huge amount of depth. Um, certainly in certain areas, um, defensively and, and up top. So I don't think we could be too kind of dismissive. Um, the other end, we talked about goalkeepers and whether Craig Gordon's fit. You would go. I agree. Angus Gordon, Craig Gordon. Yeah. Alexander Zand- Clark can't be gone. I yeah. I, I agree with Laurie there. I, I don't really don't think Clark covered himself with glory last night. The um, the, the equaliser, the one that looked over him um, and get El Yunusi tucked into the back post, um, y- you've got to say, see if that's gone. It's just such terrible reading of the cross. Mm. You know, gone, if it's gone, he sees he's never getting to that cross and he keeps his back post safe. Might look, he might not save it, right? Because it's you know he's still a player coming in at pace at the back post, right? But he's there to offer a body. Um, and Clark is just such poor decision making. Why does he think he's getting to that cross? It's, it's so it's so rash. He just like flaps at it, like yeah. no, you're not getting that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, I, I, I don't know. Back. It's got to be Kelly. I think he's got another choice, really. Yeah. Unless McCrory can get a move somewhere and get a games, I, I think it's going. To be I fun. think I think even if he doesn't, I would. I, th- I think with Kelly not playing either of those two games, I think McCrory's possibly ahead of him. But I, th- I also think I wonder if he's going to have a wee another wee word with Jason Steele, uh, the Brighton keeper, and yeah. trying. I would have thought he'd have maybe got a, a shout this time, or he'd have fancied it because you would think, "Why well, is going to be out?" that Steele might have come in and played. I don't know whether that ship's maybe sailed. Yeah, it just depends on what conversations uh, have had or not been had. Uh, but I, I can only imagine he'd maybe try and go uh, again with it if, if he hasn't already. Um, I, I think when it comes, if, if McCrory is better than Kelly and Clark and you're... Uh, 
you've seen that in training, can you pick him? Because when he has played for Rangers, he hasn't played consistently, but he's come in in big games and done well, then I think that you, you go with whoever. I, th- I think hopefully Clark has looked at um, the last Euros and looked at, I think he favoured uh, Marshall more on it with loyalty than form. And I think that cost him. And I hope to, I hope he's going to learn from that lesson. And it's about who's the better goalkeeper. I suppose maybe if it's gone and got and he feels to get two experienced keepers, then he'll be able to take glory for the experience. Assuming that he's not going to get any any minutes, but that's possible. Um, we'll see, right? If it's a twenty-six man squad, we'll go on the basis of that, right? Um, is it Taylor or Joyce, Josh Doig that will just cover at left back? Obviously. Does it? Does it? If he's Tierney, Robertson, and Hickey in the squad, it might not go with another one. Oh, if I, you'll go with another fullback, I would say. Passing will be there and all. No, but that's what I'm saying. It may be a right-sided. It might not be. It might not be a left-sided. Would Robertson come in and Dawkins? Obviously, he will come in Dawkins at the right, but would he maybe then on that basis swap for Robertson? That Hickey could switch over to the left if Robertson was out, and then Robertson covers the if it's between Ralston and, and Taylor, I'm taking Taylor. The other one's is, uh, been mentioned Livermento as well. You can play in the I, right. I think, again, he's in England in a 21 set-up. Doing pretty well. I don't think he'll switch. Might depend. Again, it might come down to what happens in March. I think March is, I think the friendlies of March will tell us a bit more about what he's thinking. Um, Centre-back. We've got... Oh. You want to say something, Scott? And the uh, it's just, you know, we, we, we can always get these kind of a player does really well out of nowhere from mm-hmm. December onwards. Like Ramsey, um, Preston North End, if we can get himself fitting into that team, you're suddenly talking about somebody else. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's all about what right. happens. Um, right, it's a long way, long way to June. Centre back, if Grant Hanley is fit, he's involved, surely, isn't he? He quite like somebody is good. Yeah. Oh yeah, I think, I think it's nailed on. Yeah. Right, yeah. so Hanley, McKenna will be in the squad. Yes, yeah, oh, probably. He needs. Uh, to, I think he needs to move though. I think. Yeah, he's been frosty. I think some players need to be playing every week, and I think mm-hmm. he's one of them. You think he's too good for Forest? Uh, I think the, the the big thing with Forest is he's not signed a new contract, and it looks like they're not going to play him until he does. So he. he you're in a position where if he doesn't sign a new contract, he doesn't get played, he has to then try and get a move in January, I think. Maybe we'll have him back. I think he would play. I should probably have said a good move rather than Mm. back the way. Um, So we assume that Portius Hanley and Henry are shoo-ins. How many other centre-backs go? Obviously Tierney, we've counted Tierney already. Portius has got to be going on that point. What's that? Portis has got to be in that point. Aye, so we're assuming aye, they're going Portis, Hanley, Henry, but and McKenna, so is it Cooper or Suter? Again, it all depends what happens between now and then. I the know that, but just now, for the, say we're naming this squad, right, just now, everyone's fit. I mean, look, fit at the top of their game, you're probably taking Suter. Um... I, I like Cooper. Uh, I think he's, you know, he turns he turns up for every camp, and he's he's actually 
I've never seen him have a bad game for Scotland, but I think John Souter is probably a wee bit more, he's got a wee bit more about him uh, when he's at, he's on top of his game. The problem with John Souter is that issue around fitness and is he a risk? Because if he goes out to Germany, picks up one of his knocks as he does, um, you know, and he's out for the tournament, you know, that's you, you're, you're now a 25-man squad. Whereas Cooper, I mean, he's, he's been out injured of squads before and that, but he's, you know, usually consistently fit. It's then a bit like McKenna's, he's struggling for games at Leeds when he is fit. And I think the thing is, if you've got McKenna, you've got Tierney, who are kind of both the left-sided players, sort of better suited because he's right-footed. You've, Clark is going yeah, to have to and, look at he's three. If he's playing three at the back, you want to have cover for each kind of position yeah. of the, those three. And the thing about Suter is that Suter can play in that right-sided centre-back or he can probably play in that middle of a centre-back role as well, you yeah. know, because he can step out. Um, so it probably offers a bit more variety. I think Cooper's a great player, but he's probably not a ball distributor. Um, you know, probably in the middle of a three would be his kind of favourite position. Um, see, earlier on we were discussing attacking options. Would Ryan Fraser be a complete no goal? No. No, no starter. I don't think. I think I'd be very surprised if Clark would entertain it. To be honest, I don't. I don't think he offers enough. I don't think he's been consistent enough anyway. Uh, but the, the the kind of way he's treated certain squads, I think, is just it just wouldn't make sense. His his attitude. He's got a stinking attitude, and like Scott says, um, I, I don't think Clark would entertain a, a bad. A bad apple, and and amongst the ranks, and amongst you know that kind of mentality of great environment, club environment, and a national team that he's he's created there over the last four years. I think that's probably why, more than anything, that's probably why he's he's dropped um, Ryan Fraser, um, because you know Ryan Fraser was a bit of a, um, you know he was upset upset in the kind of his attitude and the way that he kind of treated the the international football with a bit of contempt. I wouldn't tweet once a dawn, always a dawn about him either because he um, didn't get us any money when he moved clubs. So um, there was no 20% sell on for us. So I wouldn't tweet that about him either. Um, right. Highlights of the campaign. Chris, what was your, if you maybe go for one uh, standout highlight of the campaign? I know it's difficult, but just with the fact there's a few of his own. Right. See, instead of giving you the obvious answer to McLean, I will say. The highlight, personally for me, was the end of the Spain game. Standing there with my son, danced away to freedom desire. I know you hate it, Josh, but like, <laughs> honestly, I, I watching watching the delight in my son's face is the highlight for me, and I'm sure most fellows will be able to relate to that. Yes, that's definitely a good one, um, Laurie. But um, me, obviously, uh, and Josh. Yeah, that. That's definitely a highlight, and seriously, the uh, kind of unite the clan is certainly a highlight. Um, anyway, another highlight other than that, um, God, there's quite a few we can pick here. So, I mean, personal ones probably. I mean, then at Hamden, I mean, I will always remember that Georgia game for what for what it was. Although the game itself, not memorable. Spain game, just. That night, I just remember being bursting with pride. So I, I reckon, in terms of at Hamden, excuse me, it would have to be 
that Spain game, you know, maybe McTominay's second goal, we, we kind of knew that we'd done it at that point. Just the sheer pride you felt, although what, watching the Norway game, albeit we're not as fortunate as Josh, just watching it off the on the telly and just thinking one each, happy enough with that, and then I'm about to head off in, in here to go and to go and do something after after the game. And I was literally just near enough out of the living room thinking the game's the game's done and by. And then Kenny McLean, weaker foot, lovely finish, and then just wee moment to celebrate in the living room. So just that's probably the best moment, albeit the best at Hamden's probably the Spain game. Right, okay, I like that. That was basically an answer I would get from Aaron when I asked for one answer. So uh, you're, you're fitting in well. Aaron, what was your highlight of the campaign? Um, so one I highlight. really enjoyed hearing Trade from Desire. Um, <laughs> I think the atmosphere is just brilliant. Um, Kenny McLean has to be brilliant. And of all the artists, I really like him. I honestly think he's brilliant. And of all the people to do it, so chuffed for him, really good. And that was it. Like I think that was the moment where everyone knew we were going to Germany. Surely. Yeah, okay. Uh, Scott? I just thought he can beat the euphoric feelings that everybody had at Hamden against Spain. And as I say, the, the performance just made it even sweeter. We deserved it. We thoroughly deserved it. Uh, Tierney rampaging down the left, setting up McTominay. It was just beautiful. And the night that uh, the Sky Sports superstar was a mascot as well. Bronze boy. Um, Scotland's Spain game, so that's definitely yeah. a highlight. Um, I, I would also add, I know it's not technically part of the campaign, but the absolute shithousery against Harry Maguire and that friendly, <laughs> I really enjoyed that, especially when it was capped off on own goal. That yeah, and, and this is supposed to come back to back to last night. I, I love the fact that they announced the own goal, and it was supposed to be the same last night with uh, Ostergaard, with his, but you know, when they, when they announced, you know, own goal, England's Harry Maguire. That was just fantastic. I mean, if you check on the Scotland website for the official results, it, they don't even tell you who scored against us. They just announce our scorers. It's quite interesting. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I need to update that. Um, George, what was your highlight of the campaign? You know, here's the thing, John. Um, this campaign has just been has just been really, really wonderful. Um I mean, the thing about it is it's been defined by special, special moments, you know, um, and and you're not just talking about on the pitch, right? I mean, you know, we've got that, that Spain result where we absolutely pumped them. You know, we've got Kenny McLean, but, you, you know, you've got incredible, I mean, you know, it's def- just to fight Georgia in the rain, you know, you've got going away to Cyprus three and a lot in half an hour. You know, um, you've got the the ninety quid top and the fucking mad rush to 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 get to get you know the top. Um, you know, qualifying with with, with games to go. The, the whole kind of attitude throughout the whole campaign from the team. You know, never giving up. It's that's what it's been defined by. You know, never ever giving up. Complete. Even I think it's the top. The- it's defined by freed by desire. I think that's probably the, the definition of it. Let's not get stupid. Um, <laughs> if you think about it, you know, we had desire for this campaign and we've worked so hard and now we've been freed by that desire to go and Germany. It's brilliant, isn't it? 
I mean, even look, even Germany, you know, qualifying in the way that we have for Germany, with the fact that Germany's probably one of the last real major tournaments, you know, major tournament in one single location, you know, um, I, it's it's just been it's been a special special campaign. Um, if you're asking me for one singular moment, was it when Diane came round to your tap? <laughs> that was a special moment for me personally. Um, it's actually it's hard 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 to beat Kenny McLean because after the winner, you know, the sun was beating down. We just pumped them two one. Harland was in his bed, and we're all singing "Hey Baby" by DJ Otzi, waving the waving the the taps around and all that. So you Amazing. don't like Feet from Desire, but you'll sing "Hey Baby" by DJ Otzi, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was that was one last night. Uh, and uh, actually, um, um, GG, Charlie, why, why does it always why does it always rain on me? I, you know, another special moment for this campaign. It's just there's been. I mean, you could so, actually sit and write a list of just moments like that that have defined this campaign away from you know from any campaign that I've had in my life. Like I feel in like twenty years' time, they'll be like. I don't know, maybe Chris and John's boys doing a throwback to this campaign because I don't know whether you still get like folk in their 60s doing podcasts. Um, but we'll see. You never know. You never know. Um, right. We'll stop There's still life. three teams to be decided that are going to qualify. But as the ports are just now, Dream Pot, Bam Pot. Dream Pot, Bam Pot. What's the Dream Pot? What's the Dream Group? Do you know, I've even looked at the pots to see who's in the other pots at this point. I've got the pots here, that's about it. I was to depend on one map. Did you know how you were doing this tonight? You know what? See, because see, because there's still games going on tonight. I mean, like we didn't know if Italy were going to be in the playoffs, so it was going to be Ukraine. Now, we knew do, Italy have now qualified it's Ukraine that are in there, but we didn't know that when we started this. Um, we don't want, like you say, we're not going to know who the rest of the, the other three teams are, but they're all pot four anyway. I mean, I, I, I suspect Georgia might make it because I think Georgia are a decent side. So they're, 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 want... they'll be in, they're in the, the, the League C one. So they've had a shout. I think Greece is probably a threat in that one. I would like Belgium, Romania, no, Albania. Mm. Belgium, Belgium, Albania, and Greece. I would take Germany. Albania, anybody from pot four because we don't know who pot four is yet. Really, mm. the problem here is if we get Albania and Ramadani scores, Aaron will be like, "Once I do always I do You'll get confused. <laughs> yeah. I see. Aye, Good Lord, point. Have you done a bit of a bit of work into this? Have you had a wee look at the pots? I've I've had a wee look, but not nothing too out there. Well, the we are. We are pot free, which it works out not too bad. So it means that we obviously avoid a couple of or a few decent sides in there. So obviously we are so obviously we're avoiding um just getting out. So the Netherlands, Croatia, Italy, Serbia, or Slovenia. So we've managed to avoid a few a few decent sides. So again, anyone from anyone from Port Four, I'm not too I'm not too, you know, worried about port four in terms of the port two side. I'm just trying to get the 
get the pots in front of me and I actually can't actually think of who they're more. Oh, there we go. So what, what do you think? Hungary, Turkey, Denmark, Albania, Romania, Austria. Or did Austria switch? Aye, aye. That's right, isn't it? Yeah. Aye, Austria's pot too, aye. Yeah, so do we, do we take uh, did you see Romania there? We'll take we'll take them. Go, go for them. Go with them. Right. I, I would take Albania out of pot too because that was a honking group. That's the one at Poland was in. Um oh, one. I want to say I would take Belgium, but I didn't happen to see them and Lukaku was on fire. Um, I definitely I think, don't want Spain again. I think Germany are going to be honking. I think. Aye, that's just, that. There's a good shout for the pot one team. Because I think they've been in the last two tournaments, yeah. And they've not done anything to to really do it. They've they've two kind of most talented coaches. One's been sacked. Uh, the other one's kind of started with a bad thing. I know everybody will say, you know, oh, you yeah, know, you can never discount Germany, but you know, I think, I think, I just don't think there's anything there. I don't think there's anything no. worth kind of being fearful from. Aye, that's what I'll go with. It. I'll go with Germany, Albania, and whoever the pot seed or the league seed uh, playoff winner is. That'll be me. That's my, my dream group. The nightmare group will be like France. Probably Hungary, actually, out of pot too. Yeah. Um, and Switzerland. I, I don't rate Switzerland that much. I think they're all right. Oh, do you I'm, think a bit, I'm a bit neutral. I'm a bit, a bit neutral when it comes uh, to yes. Switzerland. The thing is, their flag is about plus. Uh, Croatia's probably the one I don't want to pot four again. What's that? Croatia not in pot three? Yeah. Uh, you've got, I've got the pot seen from now. Croatia are in the same pot as us. So in our pot, pot three, alongside us, the Netherlands, Croatia, Czech Republic, Slovakia, or Slovenia, that's pot three. That must um, be a projection. Oh, no, Slovenia, Czech Republic, Switzerland, or pot four. See, this, uh, this is a problem. I've, I, at the moment, it's here, Croatia, Slovenia. I think I've got the newest one. All right, Aaron. So, well, it just went up eight minutes ago. And okay. it's got Italy, Serbia, Switzerland, Poland, Ukraine, and Greece. In pot four? Yeah. Italy are pot four. Italy's a nightmare for pot four, then. I can see what they're They're assuming that Croatia's going to jump up to pot three because currently yeah. they're pot four, but they've a game to play. So, up. Croatia are in pot three as it stands, but that could go round the other way with Italy. Italy could end up in pot three with us. They're not confirmed definite pot four because they're not in blue. Well, it's not but, on it. but the one I'm looking at is Atlanta in pot three and, and Croatia in pot four, but Croatia have a game to play yet. And, so, and I, the one I'm looking at has the opposite. has Italy in pot four and Croatia in pot three. Same. And Croatia have not actually qualified yet, though, have they? But I think that's projected on the fact that they expect mm-hmm. them to win it, so they'll be in three if they win it. But if they don't win it, it'll be Italy... Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. It went up six minutes ago and it looks legit. So, is Croatia in Wales's group? No, that'd be uh, aye, yeah. aye, so Croatia. The Wales can't qualify now, if I remember. I'm pretty sure. But they can, yeah, but it's in Wales. Because I saw someone having a fight on Twitter because someone said, Oh, um, cheers, Wales. Well, you'd put our bins out while we're away. And uh, the Welsh fan was furious about it. Um. 
Right, another quiz, quiz question. Who were the only two players out the squad to start every game? Who what? Sorry, I've missed some of that. So the only two players to start every game in the campaign. John McGinn. John McGinn. John McGinn and Robertson. Oh. No. 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 John McGinn and no. Cal McGregor. Cal yes. McGregor. Yeah. Of course it was McGregor. It's always Buddy McGregor. <laughs> I seen somebody was slagging him off on Twitter as well. Honestly. Why? I don't know if he, he, he was mad at the bats. I know he got mad at the bats. I don't know if I'd say he was mad at the bats, but it's like, maybe you just slag him off. Do you know what I mean? He, he does what he does, and he does it really well. It's the, just exactly the point is. Josh made about two years ago. Now. <laughs> it's always these people that see these things. So I, 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 I did a bit of homework on uh, this because, like, this felt odd going along to a Scotland game last night where we'd already qualified for a tournament. Now, obviously, we we didn't qualify for the longest time in the first place, but having not only just qualified, having qualified the games to spare felt odd. And I was looking back to see if Scotland had ever done it before. And they have, they've done it four times before that they've gone into the last game and no needed them. So the first was 1954 in the, the World Cup. Where, no, no, 54 was the first time. No, I know, but I'm guessing 74. 74 is the next one, eh? Because 54 was like, the, the group was the British Home Championship. And we went into the Scotland-England game at the end of it we, because we were already finished ahead of uh, Northern Ireland and Wales. So we went into that game. Didn't matter that England beat us in that game anyway. Uh, and then 74 was the next one when there was only three teams in the group. We'd already beat Denmark home and away. We beat Czechoslovakia at home, so it didn't matter that we lost in Czechoslovakia in the last game. Uh, 82... World Cup as well was another one where we went to Portugal and lost 2-1, but we'd already qualified by that point because Sweden beat Portugal the month before. And I mean, this, this one amazed me. The last time we had, we did it with games to spare, I was at the game because it was Euro 96. And the last game you played in that campaign was a 5-0 win against San Marino. And I, I, I didn't realise until I read this, that I was at that game and that was a, a game where it didn't matter because we'd already qualified. So this, that's, this is, last night was actually my second time going at a game where we'd already qualified for something. Who scored that game, the San Marino one? Is that the one McCoy was on the bench and came off and scored? Uh, McCoy scored at the start of the second half, aye. Aye, uh, was it that game? Yeah, Jess, Scott it? Booth, yeah, Pat McCoy, Pat Nevin and a Francini own goal. I didn't realise I was at that game as well. But I would already qualified because Russia beat Greece the previous month right. and Greece couldn't catch us. So. But Josh and Laurie went long, so. Yes, so aye, it's, it's, it's the first time and it's, it's a Euro 96 qualifying. And it is the first ever time I've done it with two games to spell. Um, anything else before we wrap up for the evening and a fantastic campaign for Scotland? I I can uh, I can give you uh, something, John. I I I, I can't offer anything about the the pots. Uh, I don't know what the pots are. I, all that fucking confuses me. I'm just waiting for the draw in the second because I know that on the second is when it, when we're going to book our digs and the tickets are on sale on the sixth, and that's when we're going to get our tickets. Um, but I would I would like to take this occasion when thinking about the pots to offer. Uh, I know we have listeners across Europe. So to offer a, a, a cry out to them, uh, and the cry is simply this, fucking come ahead, you fucking bams. 
Any particular nations that's how you shout out to? All of them. Well, fucking do yees all. The other 23. Okay, okay can we just clarify everything that Josh says in this podcast is Josh's... Yeah, this is own... Josh's own views and not a reflection on the podcast. <laughs> all views are his own. So every nation that's qualified and... Yes, don't message remember, us. It's just, message it's Josh. Josh. And if you wrote Freed from Desire and you're really upset, message Josh about that as well. Don't message us. Yeah, the rest is like See, see, see if I have if, to hear that in Germany. And if anyone at Darvel's listening, it's also Josh, remember. Right. Can I also I just... can I also just say that um I'm gonna start uh I'm gonna start a new podcast. Um it's the Simpsons one. Yeah. Uh, so... Can I come on it, please? I think everybody's allowed on it apart from Josh. So, what do you, okay, what do you yeah. know about the Simpsons? He's going to call it the come No Joshies podcast. Everybody, but now Josh that, 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 that is a good reference, by the way. That's do you know what the reference. theme? Do you know what the theme tune's going to be? It's going to be Feed from Desire. <laughs> I'll never hear the end of us, Josh. Oh, well, I'll not be listening to it. We'll probably need to walk 100 miles to get away from that joke. Uh, and on that note, as is tradition, throw the cartridge balls. Mm-hmm.